Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Lady Boy Gigi and you're listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> and tonight I'm going to let Paul introduce our topic. And we're breaking away from our series this week just because we've got something special. And we'll be back in our next episode on our series on resolving sexual issues. So, for tonight, we are recording this on September 23rd, and today is Celebrate Bisexuality Day, and it also happens to be Gigi's birthday, <laughs> and that's not just a coincidence. The reason that Celebrate Bisexuality Day falls on Gigi's birthday, at least Part of the reason is because that Gigi helped to found Celebrate Bisexuality Day. And there were multiple things that went into that decision, but one of them was that Gigi was like, well, if I get to decide what day it is, why shouldn't it be my birthday? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it was also when I was born, the year I was born, I was born on the equinox and on Maybon. And 
In pagan cultures, Maybon is the day of calling. And it's calling people, because it's the second harvest, it's calling out to people to get your stuff together because we've got to get the rest of the crops in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought, what a better day than to call out to bisexuals everywhere to celebrate who and what they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking that what I would like to do for this podcast is uh, kind of talk with Gigi and get a little bit more background on the history of how Celebrate Bisexuality Day came to be. Mm-hmm. I think part of it, I grew up in Houston, Texas for the most part. I lived in Berkeley for a number of years when I was a little kid, but for the most part, I grew up in Texas. And for much of my life, up to that point, I didn't know any bisexuals. I thought, am I unique? Am I different? (laughs) I'd heard of them. And then... It's, I forget what year it was, but the first, I came across a book on bisexuality. It's one of the first books I came across. I forget the title at this point. I think it was, well, it was on one of the early books, and it was a very obscure book. And then By Any Other Name came out by Lani Kamanu and Lorraine Hutchins. And that really opened the doors for me. But I still felt invisible. I still felt kind of ostracized in both the gay community and the straight community. It's like I had people telling me, oh, make up your mind, get off the fence. (laughs) I said, I have made up my mind. I like Sucking cock, I like eating pussy. I like it all. (laughs) And a lot of people that just kind of went over their head, especially in some of the circles I went. I mean, I used to go to the gay bars and oftentimes the straight bars. And depending on if I was in the mood to get with a woman or a man. and, And then I got involved and decided... In the early 90s, I went to my first bisexual conference in San Diego, California. And I actually rode my motorcycle. I had a Honda 750. (laughs) And they were really impressed that I'd ridden a motorcycle all the way from Texas. But I felt like, oh, I found home. I mean, I was floating on clouds for months after the bi conference. In fact, didn't you almost move to California? Yeah, I I was so tempted to move to San Diego. I thought, oh, I want to live where there's bisexuals. (laughs) And I just started Binet Houston a year or two before that conference, and I guess that's how they sent the little mailer to me about the conference. Somehow I got on somebody's list. And that was back in the day of snail mail, before the (laughs) email and internet. And I think it was like, finally I got Binet Houston going, but 
And it's a little out there, even for other bisexuals, just coming out of the closet. And I was scaring half the people away because, you know, I'm very out there <laughs> sexually and the way I present. I mean, I, I don't present as a man or a woman. I'm a little bit of both. <laughs> and that concept just went, I mean, nobody back then really understood intersex. And so I got involved with the bi movement and pretty soon I got decided to go ahead and get on the Binet USA Board of Directors. And that's when I started thinking, you know, here I've lived thinking, oh, am I some kind of alien or am I different? And all of a sudden I knew tons of bisexuals. And I said, I wonder how many people are living in rural areas or even cities where it's either gay or straight, nothing else. Because there isn't strong bi groups in many places, not like the gay movement. Especially at the time. At the time. <laughs> so that's when I went to Wendy Curry and I said, you know, we need a day to celebrate who and what we are and become more visible. Because I'm sure there's a lot of bisexuals living in isolation that need this. And she said, I think you're right, but they already tried to do this. They tried to tag it along with Valentine's Day, a few small bi groups. And it wasn't anything that was very officially done, but it was kind of the underground movement, so to speak. We talked about this back and forth. Should we tag it along with another holiday? I kept saying, no, we need a day of our own. We need something that's ours, not tagged on with something else, because that's kind of dilutes the whole meaning of it. It's like a big part of the meaning is to really create more visibility and awareness around bisexuality. We discussed many different days of when to do this, and we finally came up with, well, maybe we should do it in September because that's Freddie Mercury's birthday and he's bisexual, or he was, and very much so and very out about it, even though a lot of gay groups kind of said, oh, no, he's gay. <laughs> and you know more about the Freddie Mercury. Well, maybe slightly more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, he was very out about being a bisexual man, and a lot of gay groups, because he became such a gay icon, pretty much, like, just claimed him as one of their own, and so for a long time, a lot of people assumed that he was just gay, even though, like, he made no bones about, like, he liked to fuck women. He liked to fuck men. That boy just liked to fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know that growing up, I thought that he was a gay man. Because that's what I was presented with for a long time. But no, he was very much a bisexual. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the whole idea of Celebrate by Day, Freddie Mercury liked to party. He liked to celebrate. <laughs> and... 
we thought this is the perfect kind of person to kind of build, at least philosophically speaking, to build this around. Mm-hmm. And we thought this could be our day. And here we have somebody that's very out by, very well known. Even though a lot of gay groups claim him as gay, he's still very out there bisexual for the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, not many people were out as bisexual back then. And this was this was what nineteen ninety two ish, ninety early mid nineties. Okay. Well, when we had this discussion, it was back in ninety seven and ninety eight. Okay. We were planning on it for. The plan started, the inklings of the plan started in 97, but it was 98 that we really started seriously discussing it. And we said, you know, we want this to really take off, so we need to plan it in advance and get the word out to buy groups everywhere and also do some media work, get Mm -hmm. some press releases going on this. I I don't mean to derail you, but I did want to ask a question. Did this happen after or before the bisexual flag? The flag came in a year before. Okay. But And that was Michael Page, right? Yeah, that was Michael Page. He developed the Bi Pride flag. And it was partly in, well, I don't remember all the reasons why he did it, but we needed a we knew that there was a gay pride flag, and he wanted to add pride to being bisexual. And I think a big part of it was having our flag, our mm-hmm. colors. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't really familiar with the leather community, but a lot of leather groups present their colors as a symbol of who and what they are. Mm-hmm. And I kind of mentioned that a little bit, but... Michael wasn't into the whole BDSM thing at all. (laughs) And a lot of bisexuals aren't, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. I am, and I know a lot of bis that are. And bisexuality, there's so many myths. It's like, oh, we fuck anything that moves. And we even had a magazine at one point that was called Anything That Moves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are monogamous bisexuals. Oh, there's a whole lot of them. And that's one of the problems when people get in a monogamous relationship. If it's with a guy, they assume that... They're gay. If they're a guy and it's with a guy, they assume that they're gay. And if it's a guy and they're with a girl, they assume that they're straight. Like, no, that person's still bisexual. They may be monogamous with one person... And, you know, may never fuck another person again, but that doesn't take away the fact that they're a bisexual. And you can be a bisexual virgin, mm-hmm. never affect anybody, and, and, there's and still also, be bi, because the definition of bi, of any sexual orientation is mm-hmm. about attraction, not about who you fuck. Yeah, and there's also, like, bi-romantic asexuals, too. Mm-hmm. I was doing a show on KPFT, After Hours, Queer Radio with Attitude. I've been doing, I did that show for about 25 years and I did the bisexual segment and we talked a lot about the myths. And that was one of my early efforts to kind of get more visibility for bisexuals. 
And it was when I started talking to Wendy Curry and Michael, she finally brought it, said, we should bring in Michael Page on this. He did the by pride flag. He'd be great in helping put this together. And so we brought him in and we started meeting periodically and discussing you know, doing press releases, contacting bisexual groups that we knew about back then, and even getting the Bi Resource Center on board with all this. Now that for me, it was so amazing to see this unfold as we were planning it, because this was a dream for me. I mean, back then I felt how many people are isolated and think, oh, what's wrong with me? Am I abnormal? And is, is there something wrong? And I think by meeting other bisexuals and knowing that, oh yes, this is a legitimate sexual orientation. And it was around that time, I forget exactly when, but Time Magazine put out an article that stated that bisexuality doesn't exist, at least not in males. <laughs> And they had this research study that proved that it didn't exist. But even the time didn't take the time to really look at, did they do good research or was this bad research? And there's all kinds of holes and problems with the research study. Number one, they were sticking little monitors on guys' dicks and having them look at bi porn, I mean gay porn or straight porn, and measuring how hard they got. And, you know, straight porn back then had this multi-million dollar budget to do their porn. Gay porn was kind of, back then, was amateur. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was people doing their own stuff and putting it in magazines. There's a few small rag sheets out there, but it was they didn't have a multi-million dollar budget for cameras and editing and photoshopping and mm -hmm. and so that's one of just one of the problems with mm -hmm. this study. I think another problem with this study was that and you have to go to Fritz Klein's book, The Bisexual Option, but not a, it's rare you find someone that's 50-50 attracted to males and females. Yeah. You're, some, you're, you're, you're the exception. Yeah. It's like some people are attracted to men maybe t if they're a man 10% of the time and to women 90% of the time. Others, it's the opposite. So, and everywhere along the spectrum. I mean, you could be 60, 40, 20, 80, anywhere in there. And so there's this kind of misnomer that, oh, well, they're with the, this partner most of the time. They're actually into this sex most of the time. They must be mostly straight or mostly gay. They're not bi. Mm -hmm. And once again, it's not who you have sex with. It's who you're attracted to. Mm -hmm. That determined, yeah. I mean, for all the sexual orientations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
and so that and it's just this whole mismatch mm-hmm. of assuming certain things. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I did for way back is doing I forget what event. But we in Houston we had this major intersection in the what used to be the gay community. It still kind of is, but it's been gentrified. But we had a girl and a boy and me do a three-way kiss on the corner of Montrose and Westheimer for just to demonstrate that yeah, bisexuality does exist. <laughs> And one of my thinkings in this was that when you see two people holding hands, depending on the perceived gender, people usually assume, oh, they're gay or they're straight. Mm-hmm. Never do you see two people holding hands and go, oh, they must be bi. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I'd like to jump in real quick and yeah. and say, like, as someone who is non-binary and Gigi's intersex uh, if if people weren't attracted were only binarily attracted if people were only attracted to men or women we'd never have anyone attracted to us and mm-hmm. we have tons of people who are attracted to us so like you know it, the fact that being non-binary is as prevalent as it is, is proof positive that there have to be bisexuals out there. Uh-huh. And I think you touch on another slightly related point, and that is that when we have such a narrow definition of se- sexual orientation, it's mainly based on who you're attracted to. But there's so many much more depth in in attraction itself. It's not just what's between the legs that we're attracted to. It's the person. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of bisexuals that say, well, I'm not attracted to the sex. I'm attracted to the person. Mm -hmm. And so I think just that definition of sexual orientation has flaws to begin with. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, one of the things that I felt like was really affirming to me is it's only very recently. Like, I started dating a new person like a couple of three months ago. And it's only very recently that I realized that they aren't attracted to men at all. And being fresh on HRT and the fact that I still am able to pass mostly as a guy most of the time unless I try really hard Mm -hmm. like it meant a lot to me that they were attracted to me and don't see me that way because if they saw me that way they wouldn't be attracted to me and one of the things that and part of why I wanted to go ahead and do this show is that we don't have much documentation of our history in the bisexual movement. There's some, but not a whole lot. And it's like, like with a lot of fringe groups, we were so busy having fun and having good sex and doing our 
political organizing and doing all that we did that we never had someone to kind of record it mm -hmm. or document it. it were, we were always bad about that. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that this show kind of documents a little bit of the history of mm -hmm. Celebrate Bisexuality Day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I, I know that I've been very very proud of you from the very beginning because it's one of the first things i learned about you is that you helped to to found celebrate bisexuality day and to give a little bit of background for people who haven't listened to every show we've ever done when i met Gigi it was about a decade ago and back then i wasn't very comfortable in my sexuality i knew that I was attracted to men, but I, I would hesitate even to call myself bisexual back then. And I had so much trauma around men. And this is something I didn't realize at the time. It's something I didn't fully realize until I started training under Gigi, is that I had so much trauma wrapped around things that had happened with men that it was really hard for me to tap into my attraction to them. And I, th I think, like, seeing Gigi just so excited and so proud about Celebrate Bisexuality and his work doing, like, political activism and, and, and all of this, I think it really helped me to, like, look more into myself and do some soul-searching and really accept that, like, no, I, I really was bisexual. And I I think that I owe a lot to Gigi for that. And I know that growing up, I've always known that, I didn't always have the word bisexual, but I always knew that I liked girls and I liked boys. Even at a very young age, I played doctor with both boys and girls. I liked looking at naked bodies <laughs> and playing with them. And I love both. And I'm one of those 50-50 bisexuals. I'm attracted equally to men and women. And I realized how isolating it is and how just not knowing that bisexuality exists, that it's legitimate, and realizing that we live in such a sex-negative culture, and unfortunately, even in the gay and straight communities, there's a lot of biphobia. And I think biphobia really serves to keep bisexuality kind of hidden and invisible. Mm -hmm. I know that for me, growing up and not having someone to look up to that was bisexual was very difficult. And I think that's partly why I wanted to start Bisexuality Day was to say, hey, we do have people like Freddie Mercury mm -hmm. to look up to and say, oh, this, this person's bisexual. It's a good person and they're amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And and David Bowie and David Bowie and and there's been and oh 
there's so many. I mean, what was the scarecrow from uh, Wizard of Oz it was bisexual, and he he slipped in a reference to it. He said, "Some people go this way, some people go that way, some people go both ways." <laughs> And it went right through the censors because they did not know the lingo, <laughs> what that meant. But that's why he slipped it in. It wasn't in his script. He just, but they loved it so much they kept it in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wasn't that back in the day of the Hayes Code? I think so. Yeah, and and so even back then, there are several people, famous movie actors that were bisexual, both male and female actors. And it was so hidden. <laughs> mm -hmm. Didn't didn't you say that, uh, like, during the 1920s, like the, like, the flappers, like, a lot of the women were bisexual. It's yeah. not something that got talked about a lot. Yeah, they didn't discuss it, but it happened. And there's a lot of little things that ha occurred, but it was kind of like when I worked on ranches for a while, right out of high school, I'd, on, I didn't like country music, I didn't like country bars, so I'd kind of stay back at the ranch that I was working at, and I'd go to bed and, you know, I'd get some wine and drink and and then lay down, and next thing I knew, someone came in home early from the bars and would slip naked in bed with me, and we'd have great sex. And then the next morning, it was like it never happened. It was this big secret. <laughs> and so I knew that there's a lot of guys that had these feelings, but would, it, it was kind of this good old boy code that, Oh, you don't discuss it. You just, you kind of pick up the vibe on who you can approach like that and hope that you're correct and then hop in bed with them. <laughs> and then you do your thing and the next morning it's like, oh, I was drunk. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> and I tried talking to a few of them. I said, did you have a good time with me last night? And they said, what? What are you talking about? Total denial. And that's part of the biphobia that at work, I think. It's this denial of a part of ourselves that's really, it's a very basic need and just as much as a need for heterosexual couples or gay couples. It's like, I know that for me, I tried dating girls only for a while, tried dating boys only for a while, I tried monogamy for a while, and it just didn't work. I just felt like something's missing. I need that male energy. I need that female energy. There's something magical that happens during sex that's fulfilling with, for me with both men and with women, and it is a little different energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that, I remember us talking about a while ago is so some people have tried to rebrand celebrate bisexuality day as bisexual day of visibility or you know a lot of things in fitting with like the 
more modern nomenclature. And I I remember you saying very specifically that you wanted to keep it as a celebration. You didn't want it to be a mourning. You didn't want it to be like, you know, here's a whole bunch of dead people that, that you should, you know, it should mm-hmm. be a thing of celebration. It should be a, a, a thing of happiness and pure un, unbridled joy. And I have to admit, I did borrow from the radical fairies on that concept because, you know, they were amazing. They'd go, yeah, we're faggots, we're queer. They own the names that they people told them that they are as derogatory names and turned it around. And I thought, you know, by celebrating and who and what we are, we're owning ourselves more fully. If we get too political or too serious about it, we kind of lose focus. We lose part of our identity, I think. But when we can celebrate and really, and I look at celebration as a type of honoring. When we celebrate something, we're honoring that thing. And so that's a big part of why I really like Sticking, and I think Wendy agreed with me, and Michael Page definitely agreed with me that this should be a celebration of who we are. We're not celebrated enough, we're denied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what goes against denial the best? A celebration and, and showing people that, yeah, I am very fulfilled and happy when I'm living my bisexual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and like. We kind of touched on this earlier, but there's, like, I really love that with so many things like this, uh, there's not just one way to be bisexual. You know, like, for example, one of the stumbling blocks that, like, I had to get over that caused a lot of confusion is I know that I'm very bisexual, but men don't generally make my dick hard like with men i'm a total bottom but i love sucking dick i i like getting fucked i i love pleasing other men and i don't really require a lot of attention from them either and i don't think that makes me one ounce less bisexual than oh not at all and i think that uh, like, I definitely know some of that is a trauma response, but it's also completely okay. Yeah, and I think also whether you're top or bottom is different, a whole different thing, but it's related. Mm-hmm. And being a bottom, I mean, I was definitely a bottom as when it came to anal sex when I first started out. Now I'm a switch. <laughs> I like topping or bottoming mm-hmm. I like give, putting my dick in and I like receiving a guy's dick <laughs> and there is a little bit of misconception because it's not about hard-ons necessarily are you receiving good pleasure and I know when I get fucked um, whether it's giving a guy a blowjob or getting having guys fuck me it is so good. I am. I have, and I even have non-ejaculatory orgasms. Mm-hmm. 
And if you look at watch Carol Queen's video on Bend Over Boyfriend, a lot of guys don't get hard during receiving anal sex. It's a whole different sexual experience. Doesn't mean that it's bad. It's very awesome. And believe me, I've seen a lot of guys line up and say, hey, fuck me, fuck me. <laughs> and they're soft. I mean, they are soft as ever. <laughs> but I can hear the pleasure in their minds, and, and it's amazing. So even if you don't get a hard-on with other guys, doesn't mean that you're not attracted to them and that you're not enjoying the experience. And I'm glad you bring that up because mm -hmm. that's one of the myths around bisexuality for males. Yeah, like that <clears throat> sexual response has to be the same, and it's absolutely not. So you were talking about like having the different energies that go into it. And like one of the things that I like is that flirting with guys is completely different than flirting with girls. Oh, definitely. And, <laughs> you know, like every step in the process just feels different they're unique and they're both good like it's it's really really awesome like one of the things i really enjoy we're part of a swingers group that is largely bisexual and it's so nice to like a lot of swingers groups that i've been around it's like there's a couple of girls there and there's like 10 guys there barely making eye contact waiting their turn and like mm -hmm. <laughs> and like the camaraderie isn't there like they're not really friends with each other and then i started going to this group and like everyone is really friendly even the straight guys like shoot the shit with with the the queer boys and laugh and talk and things like that and it's adorable and also like when the girls are busy the boys can entertain themselves and I, it's just so sweet and i love it mm-hmm Oh my, we're already to station break. <laughs> Time flies. I'd like to remind people to visit our websites. And for those that don't jot it down as I say them, I do put all the websites we mention in the description of each show so you can go there to get them. But check out ravenslayerleather.com ggwilbur.com and ladyboytemple.com for more information on bisexuality, on being intersex or hermaphrodite. I've got blogs on, on the ggwilbur.com site. I've got video trainings on sexuality and sex on both Ravenslayer Leather, and on the ggwilbur.com. And we also have information about Aphrodite's Temple at ladyboygg.com. Ladyboy oh, ladyboytemple.com. <laughs> Anything you want to add? Yeah, if you go to both the ravenslayerleather.com or ggwilbur.com, you can find links to our training videos. If you are more interested in kind of going further in depth than we really can do in the show, and 
like when you order like a training, like you get videos and you get different worksheets and things like that and things that you can do on your own time to help help really build your like sexual repertoire and and make you a better lover Mm -hmm. and i would like to add that the people that get these programs sir i've got them on a service that i use and basically it's all confidential i mean you do have to put in your credit card information or paypal information but i keep everything very confidential and I like I know that for some people because of job or because of religion or whatever, you have to kind of stay in the closet. You have to be a little careful. And I respect that because we do live in a very sex negative world that really doesn't understand some of the things that we talk about on this show. Hell, they don't even understand how to have really great sex. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, check out our websites. Mm-hmm. So, back to our topic. We're talking about Celebrate Bisexuality Day. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, during our break, we were talking a little bit about, uh, like, the planning steps and, like, how it all came together. Mm-hmm. And I know that when we were planning... We were really concerned that, because it had been attempted to create a day, a bisexuality day, by other groups. And they all kind of had mixed degrees of success or slash failure. It didn't really take off. Not in a big way. And we really wanted this to impact not just here in the United States, but the whole world. But we had a lot of doubts. We thought, oh, what do we need to do to really get this going? And we had many discussions on, well, what's the philosophy behind this? And what what's the message we want to put across? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of reverted back to my pagan roots and said, well, this is a day of calling, and we're calling out for people to celebrate who and what they are and not feel ashamed about being different, being bisexual. And according to the Kinsey Report, there's a lot of us out there. (laughs) It's just we stay so hidden and invisible, and it's not that we do it consciously, In fact, I think a lot of it is because of socialization and because there's this kind of really straight community that really pushes to be straight. Boy meets girl, gets married, has 2.5 kids, and lives happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And then there's the gay movement that, you know, we're here, we're queer, we're gay, get over it, and... There, even in that group, I've known a lot of gays that say, oh, I wouldn't date a bisexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there is a lot of social pressure to keep ourselves hidden in a way. And so I thought, let's celebrate. Let's get out there and and 
show our colors, show who and what we are, and that there's a lot of us out there. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that even with some of our discussions around how we were concerned about it really taking off, and so we did a lot of planning, getting word out, getting doing press releases, contacting by groups, not just here in the U.S., but all over the world. And it really paid off. We did our homework. We got out there. We put out the word and said, hey, come celebrate. And, and we kind of put out what Celebrate by Day was really all about. It's about becoming more visible, becoming more in tune with who and what we are as bisexuals and going, hey, I'm not ashamed of who and what I am. I'm going to celebrate and who and what I am. And I think that just struck a chord in a lot of people all over the world. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> speaking of that, I know that um, even in the very early days, you got a lot of international attention. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Basically, we contacted groups and known by groups because as a board member of Binet USA, we had a lot of information to contact others. But it wasn't even just the by groups. We also contacted groups like GLAD, PFLAG, and HRC, and just a whole bunch of groups and let them know that, hey, this is happening. And so we, by contacting all these different people and educating them on who and what we are and that we're just tired of being invisible. We want to be acknowledged. We have a place at the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are here. And in big numbers, if you look at Kinsey, the Kinsey Report. And I think it just really struck a chord with a lot of people that, well, I am sick and tired of living in isolation and secrecy. And for some people, we said, even in the early days, we said, it doesn't mean you have to come out. You can celebrate by yourself if you want mm -hmm. to. Just celebrate in who and what you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that too struck a chord for a lot of people because they had never thought about really celebrating in their own bisexuality, they've been too busy keeping it a secret. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of effort. And courage. And courage. And, and so I think it just hit a lot of people at home. Mm -hmm. We put out the message. And I, I talked about it a lot. I said, you know, I worked and lived in Texas and... And I, at one point, I thought I was an alien. I'd been either a changeling or an alien <laughs> that I was so different. And for my buddy that I knew, because like I said, before I started Binet Houston and went to my first bisexual conference, I never met another bisexual that was out and open. Mm -hmm. But I knew it was in me. I knew that the... There are guys and girls that I'm super attracted to. And I even went to gay bars early on in my life. I mean, I'm talking 
18, 19, because mm -hmm. back then the legal age <laughs> was 18. They mm -hmm. changed the laws since then. It's 21 now to drink and go to a bar in Texas. Mm -hmm. But back then they had changed it to 18. And so I went to the gay bars and I went to some of the straight bars and and I got around and I spread them, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was always kind of, I remember one time I came out to this girl I was dating and she took me upstairs, had really hot sex with me and then dumped me because I was, bi she says, I don't date bisexuals. <laughs> But you still had to get one last ride. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, one thing about me, I know how to have good sex and how to pleasure a woman and a man. And I think there is something special about having the experience of sex with both. You come to understand the differences in how to work with each person. Mm -hmm. And I learned techniques that kind of cross over on both sides oh yeah that's a thing i definitely <laughs> have really like come to realize because i had played with a few guys before you not that you're a guy but you yeah i mean <laughs> You, you have the equipment. I do. <laughs> I also have the other equipment, but it's a little more hidden and yeah. hard to reach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I had played with a few guys, but I hadn't played with many until I started working with you. And we're working together for like about a year before I got laid by anyone else. And that person happened to have a, a vulva and a vagina they were a boy but they they had the other equipment but i found that the things i had learned by working with you definitely helped me to know how to have better sex with them too like uh and i think that's one of the things that you you get when you play with boys and girls is like there are definitely techniques that are unique to either like equipment uh, yeah to equipment <laughs> you know to either penises or vulvas but there are m more of the techniques that like are kind of universal that work both ways and like a vagina is just an inside out penis it really is and if you know well, not quite because the clitoris is separate from the vagina okay and the clitoris is where most women feel most sensation that's the magic button for a woman yeah <laughs> but i mean like with the the g-spot which i think is a little bit of a misnomer because i know when i first heard about the g-spot i thought it was like this magic small little thing but if you could find it you, you could make a girl calm in an instant and it turns out like it's the entire like upper side of of the it's in, a inside. area not a spot <laughs> yeah it's a it's a big area it's real real big it's it's not tiny mm -hmm. okay. but like 
I think that learning how to please someone with a penis really did help me learn how to please someone with a vagina, like, quite a bit. And I think one of the things that's really inspired me back in those days and kept us all going, I think, was we all felt that sense of isolation and we wanted to break that isolation. We wanted to get rid of that damn fence <laughs> that people kept putting us on. I, I can't tell you how many times I'd have people come up and say, Gigi, you just need to make up your mind. You're, be either gay or straight. And I said, I have made up my mind. I'm bi. <laughs> but would they listen? No. They said, and then they go, oh, you're you're just trying to get heterosexual privilege by being bi. No, mm -hmm. I'm I've been out there in the front lines, darling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I do not hide behind heterosexuality. Mm -hmm. I am queer as they come. <laughs> yeah, in many ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, what what were some of the old things they used to say, like highway to homo, or uh, <laughs> uh, like I I forget, but there were a lot of things like that. Oh yeah, and and it's like those were very insulting because they didn't take into account that we're all built a little differently. We're not all the same. We don't come from the same cookie mm -hmm. cutter. Mm -hmm. We're all individuals. And it was disrespectful in a way. Well, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, like, those things didn't come from nowhere. Like, I, I, I have met gay people who identified as bisexual in the beginning because it was less scary to tell people that they were bisexual than to come out as gay. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that every bisexual you meet is, like... Gonna become gay. <laughs> yeah, like, especially, like, with you, it's been, what, like, 60 years? <laughs> like, you know, like, you, you, you're probably pretty set. Yeah, I mean, if I haven't chosen... A different sexual orientation by now, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not really something you choose. It's not like mm -hmm. you choose to tell somebody about your sexual orientation mm -hmm. and what you're attracted mm -hmm. to. And you might but, even choose to repress your sexuality. Yeah, but, I mean, that's probably a bad choice, but yeah. it's a choice. But you don't choose what your sexuality is, mm -hmm. <laughs> your sexual orientation. And I kind of think sexual orientation's a little bit of a misnomer anyway. And the reason I say that is because it kind of breaks it down too simplistically. It's like, oh, I'm only attracted to girls or I'm only attracted to men. It's not like I'm attracted to all men or all women. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I, I have good taste. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's people I really get turned on to mm -hmm. and there's more forces of attraction that work than just what's between the legs oh yeah there's people that have a way of talking or have hand gestures mm -hmm. or have a way of moving that is just very attractive mm -hmm. to me 
Yeah, and like also yeah. at the by the same token, someone can be gorgeous until they start talking and you find out that they're bigot bigoted or, you know, whatever. Or just don't have much personality. <laughs> yeah. And then like it's it, like the attraction completely goes away. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more to attraction than just mm-hmm. sex. Sex, and I'm talking male or female, mm-hmm. if you want to break it down that way. But there's more than two sexes. Mm-hmm. I mean, science has proven that. Yeah, and it's it's really a spectrum, mm-hmm. and like, it, I think it goes beyond the spectrum too, though, because like, yeah, in some ways, I feel like I. I'm like somewhere between a boy and a girl, and in some ways, I feel like I'm neither of those things at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah, and sex and gender are very complex things. When you look at intersex conditions and what can cause intersex, how many different conditions? I think are there? over a hundred. I think. Yeah, it's like sex is a very complex system. It. It involves hormones, it involves hormones at the right timing, it involves your body's cells' receptivity to hormones. Exactly. It involves chromosomes, Mm -hmm. it involves so many different factors that make up what sex is. Like, a lot of people don't realize, like... So most of us have never gotten our chromosomes checked and have no reason to do that. But there are so many people, so many more people than even know that they are, that might have the experience of being a woman or the experience of being a man. They look like a man. No one would ever guess anything, but their chromosomes will say the complete opposite thing because... There's this weird cascading thing where if, like, your body doesn't produce, like, a certain enzyme that, like, you might be drowning in testosterone and your cells can't absorb it. it. Yeah. Uh, Or drowning in in estrogen and your cells can't receive it. And the other thing I'd like to point out is that when we're first conceived, we all start out as female. It's the default. If something goes wrong, we revert back to female. Male is something that's kind of built upon. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I saw a graphic a long time ago. It's like, if you represent boys as blue, mm-hmm. And girls is pink. We start out all pink. Mm-hmm. And you can add shades of blue, mm-hmm. but there's always going to be a little pink in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even a lot of women have a little bit of blue. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a little bit that's barely noticeable. Mm-hmm. But there is some, they have testosterone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have male hormones, just in minute amounts. And so what is what is it to be? And I love Kate Bornstein. She brought up the question, 
what does it mean to be a boy or a girl? Mm -hmm. Those are kind of, and to this date, there's not a good adequate definition mm -hmm. that covers every boy and every girl. Yeah. Because uh, I've even mm -hmm. heard of cases where a woman was born without a vagina. Mm-hmm. And every other way, she was a woman, but she had no vagina. Mm -hmm. Now, according to some many definitions, mm -hmm. a girl is someone who has a vagina. Mm -hmm. Now, she did have a clit, and she did have the peace spot that girls mm -hmm. have, but urethra. she had no, the urethra, but she had no vagina. Mm -hmm. And and so, what is it that makes a woman? Mm -hmm. Some say, oh, a woman has to be someone that can give birth. Well, guess what? There's a lot of women out yeah. there that are totally infertile. Mm -hmm. What so, does it mean to be a man? Mm -hmm. and, and I love that because it gives us food for thought. What is it that, mm -hmm. how is it we define this? And... And our society is really kind of weird because when a baby's born, the first question's asked is, is it a boy or a girl? And mm -hmm. they take a look between the legs and make the declaration. Mm -hmm. And after that declaration, guess what happens? A multi-billion dollar industry kicks in to support mm -hmm. that decision. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I know that we're getting pretty close to the end of the show, but mm. I kind of wanted to go back to some of the international attention. And oh, yeah. In that first year, this is what really blew me away when we first started Celebrate Bisexuality Day was that we had countries all over the world that picked up on it. Germany, France, England, I think even Australia. And Brazil picked it up a real big time. South Africa. South Africa. Um, many countries all over the world the first year were celebrating with us. You said Brazil even had a parade. Yeah, they had a parade, bisexual parade. And then years later, I forget exactly when, it wasn't too many years, the the, bi, the people of Brazil were asking the government to make celebrate bisexuality day a national holiday i mean this thing just took off much more than i dreamed possible <laughs> and i'm so happy that that happened because mm -hmm. we needed that in the world back then yeah how did how did it how did it make you feel to see all of these countries pick it up I like, especially since you already had the fear that like all these other movements to make this happen had fizzled out. And then all of a sudden, like not just in your own country, but all over the world, people were celebrating. Um, I, I mean, I felt this sense of joy and, and this sense of just gratitude that we had brought something to light we'd opened i mean it was kind of like we'd given birth to something mm -hmm. new and very special and i mean this was my baby <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Chapman and Wendy Curry's and Michael Page's. Mm-hmm. We were just, I know for me, it was just, I was floating on clouds mm-hmm. because I had an impact. And I, and I think part of it was I'd reach people that hadn't been reached before. People that thought living in isolation. And I gave them that little ray of hope of, oh, there are others like me out there. Do you think any of the three of y'all really expected it to get as big as it did? No. I mean, we thought we could get it kind of at least locally here in the U- U.S. that we could get get it kind of going. And we thought maybe the first year we'll get a few parties going around in and different cities and maybe it'll pick up. It took off internationally, word go. <laughs> and it was just so amazing to see the response all over the world. And, and even in the media, I think I remember reading one article where even the media was a little bit surprised how mm-hmm. far it reached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've had people uh, interview you for this. You've oh, done, yeah. Uh, what are some of the interviews you've done? I've done inter- an interview with Outwards. Um, that's a and you've group. done several with them. Yeah, several with them. I've done one with Time Magazine. I did one with... Outsmart. Outsmart. I did... And on my back when I was doing after hours queer radio with attitude, we we did shows on celebrate bisexuality mm-hmm. day and put the word out here locally. Well, actually back then even by that point we were on the internet and mm-hmm. people listened from all over the world. Yeah. And I know that played a part of it mm-hmm. because people could hear us from Houston, Texas, <laughs> on After Hours. And we mm-hmm. had a huge audience back then mm-hmm. because nobody was doing a show like that yeah. back in that day. Yeah. I did the bisexual segment. And uh, like the, you listeners might not know this, but Gigi has broken so many hearts. Like he has told me stories about people like, Calling or writing in to propose marriage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both boys and girls. <laughs> and, I mean, I love these people, but it's like, uh, you're, you don't even know me. <laughs> we don't speak the same language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, goodness. I've gotten so many dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, I should collect them and do an art show. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Wall all the dick that... pics that have been sent to me. Wallpaper temple with them. <laughs> and I love it in a way, but in a way I feel for these people because, yeah. you know, I'm one person. I, I, I love to spread them, but I don't think I can spread them worldwide. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> The whole world can't be the back, uh, the the back patio of Marion's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Mm. 
Oh my, we're to the top of the hour already. Any closing remarks or any takeaways Mm -hmm. you have, Paul? I I think that I would like to close by saying that every year around this time, I get on Facebook and I have friends who like celebrate bisexuality day, like get real excited about it. And every year I get to be like, you know that my Dom like helped create this day. Like it's on his birthday and like, it's just something that feels so like good for me that like, I, I, and like, I remember Gigi sharing the story about like uh, Gigi's longtime partner uh, who's been on the show a couple of times has a family reunion in Colorado and some of the kids in Colorado so, and we're talking kids over 18. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Not the, children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yes. Uh, young adults. Some of the young adults there found Gigi's Wikipedia and were like, oh, wait, Gigi has a Wikipedia and like learned all these things about Gigi and it was adorable and sweet. And like, it's the fact that I get to see so many people so excited about this day. And I know that, like, I know the person who brought this into existence just fills my heart with well, such joy. Well, wasn't just me. I know, no, 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 Sometimes hours could go by and we'd look at the clock and go, oh, shit, we've got to go. <laughs> Where'd the time go? We got so deep into conversations about Celebrate by Day and you know, how much meaning it has. Because it really does bring not just visibility, but I think pride and, and honor and respect to bisexuals everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think for my takeaway, I just feel so fortunate to to have an impact in the world and bring a little sex positivity to the world in a world that has been living in the dark ages of sexuality. We're coming to a new age, I believe, of sex, sexual enlightenment. And we're waking up finally and realizing that Sex is a lot more than we once thought it was. And it has a lot more components than we once thought it was. And I think that's part of what's behind Celebrate Bisexuality Day is that we realize, I think bisexuals really illustrate the complexity of sexuality mm-hmm. and how beautiful that complexity is. And in the how, oh, what's the word? Um, how there's so many different forms of sex. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways to express our sexuality. And there's not a right way or a wrong way. There's just many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm kind of reaching out to bisexuals tonight, but I honor 
gays, lesbians, heterosexual, no matter how you identify, I honor it. I think part of what I'm saying is give us a place at the table as well. Mm -hmm. Don't don't shun us out. Let us be included. Mm -hmm. Let us all be included and be one happy family. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's my vision is to say, let's all celebrate and mm -hmm. everybody, but also recognize that bisexuals have a place. Mm -hmm. And we do exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Celebrate in your own sexuality and take some time to pleasure yourself. Let the pleasures take you to ecstasy and enlightenment. And discover where sex can take you. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.